0: It's eight after seven, good evening, and uh, there's some slight drizzle here over Durban, wherever you are in our beautiful country. Hope you had a a fine Thursday, and uh, thank you so much for the pleasure of your company. My name's Alan Kahn. This is Lotus FM, broadcasting live from the SABC studios in Durban. As you heard, uh, Attorney Verli Oosthuizen is here, and an interesting discussion tonight. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you'll call in and also send us your questions via WhatsApp. I'll give you all the details uh, in a short while. Uh, There was some big news today, which uh, most of the uh, outlets, media outlets in the world didn't really feature I did a quick scan this afternoon uh, and I realized that we should be talking about this because we have uh, you know we have to be aware uh, Greenland's ice is melting four times faster now than it was 16 years ago and you're probably thinking oh so what Greenland's up there uh, in the northern hemisphere but Think about that, the ice is melting four times faster than it was 16 years ago. Uh, In 2012, Greenland lost more than 400 billion tons of ice. That's almost quadruple the loss uh, from 2003. And the reason why you should be concerned about this? Well, that means all that ice is melting and it's going into the ocean and the sea level will rise. So today's news about Greenland, which is most concerning, comes in the wake of another ominous study, which was published a few weeks ago, which found that Antarctica's ice is also melting and speeding up at a remarkable rate. And in the last decade, uh, Antarctica has lost on average of 252 billion tons of ice per year. Add that to the a massive amount of 400 billion tons of ice. You can do the mathematics. So what the experts are saying that if both Antarctica and Greenland's ice sheets were to melt, that would lead to sea level increase of more than 61 meters. Uh, and you just think about that. So if you at uh, zero meters when you're standing on the beach, look up 61 meters uh, and that's how bad it could get. Uh, so with uh, cities like Buenos Aires, Argentina, Cancun uh, in uh, Mexico, uh, other cities in uh, Africa like Dakar, Dar es Salaam, Mombasa, Maputo and also several South African coastal cities could be in trouble if it really continues at this rate. So it's something that you need to keep in the back of your mind. You may want to invest in some beachfront property, possibly in the free state, uh, because that's where it could be uh, in the next couple of centuries. And then some sad news coming through from uh, the uh, UK today is that police have now ended their search for Premier League player Emiliano Sala saying that the chances of finding the Argentine alive three days after his plane went missing uh, over the English Channel are now extremely remote. Uh, the light aircraft who was transporting the 28-year-old striker who had signed for Cardiff City over the weekend, uh, that sadly disappeared from radar about 20 kilometers north of the island of Guernsey in the Channel Islands. So uh, there was a, a massive search uh, by both uh, Channel Islanders, uh, the British uh, and the French, uh, because uh, Emilio Sala used to play for Nantes. Uh, he went and said goodbye Uh, posted a farewell pic with his uh, former teammates uh, in the change room, got back into the plane and was going to fly off to Cardiff to begin his new life uh, in the Welsh city. Sadly, uh, that was not meant to be. So at this stage, uh, police have officially called off... uh, the search for that plane. Uh, My uh, health headlines tonight, three very quick stories to share with you. Firstly, the worst day of the Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of the Congo uh, was yesterday, 14 new cases diagnosed in just 24 hours. Sadly, the death toll now 439 and nine of the new cases were in the city of Katwa, which is a city of several hundred thousand people just outside Butembo uh, in the DRC. The updated poll means that there have now been 713 cases since the latest epidemic began in August last year. The other uh, health headline is that pregnant women should not do shift work. Uh, the study which uh, is in question here links odd working hours to lower birth weight uh, for babies working irregular or night shift is uh, disrupting the internal clock, which in turn hijacks a pregnant woman's metabolism and may cause a baby to be born small. That's according to a study which was released uh, yesterday by the University of Adelaide in Australia. And then if you're uh, a migraine or migraine sufferer, well, take note because middle-aged migraine sufferers or migraine sufferers who see flashing lights and blind spots during the attack are now two times more likely to have a stroke. So it increases your risk factor for stroke if you see flashing lights and blind spots during the migraine. Researchers from the University of South Carolina in the U.S. followed 11,600 people over 20 years, so quite a big study, and they discovered that those who began having uh, aura migraines in middle age had a double risk of a stroke. So that's uh, some important news. 13 after 7, before we uh, get on to Thursday talk tonight, uh, with our attorney Verli Oosthuizen, let's have a quick walk down music memory lane. uh, And uh, the reason why we're playing this for you tonight is... uh, well, firstly, it's a duet, two of them, Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville. And Aaron Neville, who, uh, well, is part of the Neville Brothers, he celebrates his birthday today. He turns uh, 78 on the 24th of January, is born in 1941, and uh, he teamed up with Linda Ronstadt a couple of years ago, had a smash hit with a song called I Don't Know Much. So, happy birthday to one half of uh, the uh, duo. It's Linda Ronstadt with our birthday boy, Aaron Neville, I Don't Know Much, on Lotus FM.
1: Look at this face, I know the years are showing Look at this life, I still don't know where it's going I don't know how much, but I know i love you And that may be all I need to know
2: Look at these eyes, they never seen what matters Look at these dreams, so big.
1: So much I've never broken through, them.
2: and when I feel it, sometimes I see so clearly the only truth I've ever known you. Look
1: at. That man, so blessed with inspiration. Look Look at at this soul, soul. still searching for salvation.
2: I don't know much, I know
0: That brought back some memories of you slow dancing back in the day, right? I mean, what a nice song that Linda Ronstadt with our birthday boy tonight, Aaron Neville, who's uh, seventy-eight. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Originally done by Bill Medley and Bette Midler, of course. Bill Medley, famous for uh, the Righteous Brothers, and of course, if memory serves me correct, uh, didn't he do that song with Jennifer Warns from um, uh, Dirty Dancing? I had the time of my life, I think. And Verli Oosteysen nodding at me. You, so, are you a big uh, Dirty Dancing fan?
3: I, I was. Really? I was when I was a little bit younger. It is a timeless, evergreen classic, though.
0: So, could you do the what? You know, the, the mamba?
3: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> my studio guest tonight uh, is Verli Oosteysen. Uh, and she's a partner and specialist attorney in employment law, social media law and data protection compliance at Shepston and Wiley Attorneys based here in Durban. Uh, Verley does social media training at schools and universities and regularly appears in the media uh, on those matters. She holds a BA LLB and is currently studying towards a Masters in Information and Communication Law at the University of Witwatersrand and she's uh, gladly given us an hour of time, well a bit more than that because you popped in about <laughs> a half an hour ago. So uh, thanks for being here tonight Verley. lovely to have you in studio.
3: So- a pleasure to be here
0: so uh, an interesting discussion because uh, social media defamation uh, hate speech we've seen some really high profile cases in south africa should we know better before we start just posting things
3: absolutely and i think that south africa is a prime example of what not to do on social media Every single week we have some kind of incident blow up completely in our faces. Mm. And it's been happening for years and years. And it seems as though, especially in this run-up to any kind of election or any kind of big event, South Africans lose their heads and decide that they're going to put it on social media and they don't realize the consequences of that.
0: The reality is that many people tend to lose sight of the fact that the moment something is posted on social media sites, It's considered published
3: exactly exactly Uh, I always have the same answers coming from people when they are in trouble and they will tell me firstly that it's uh, private it's their own private Facebook page Mm. and I have to say to them well if you have more than one person looking at it it's published The second thing that they'll say to me is it's their right to freedom of expression, which obviously is limited. Uh, And in a work situation, if they're in trouble at work for posting something on social media, they'll say, well, it happened outside of working time. They don't realize that employers actually have quite a
0: lot of control over what you do when you are not at work. And we also had a case uh, last year of someone sending a WhatsApp message to someone else on a plane. Won't go into the merits and details of the case, but uh, that message was seen by another passenger. Uh, and uh, that person was then brought to task
3: exactly exactly and and the problem is is that South Africans can be incredibly sensitive uh, we are all on tenterhooks all the time we do unfortunately live in something called an outrage culture where and and it's not only in South Africa that is something that you see worldwide mm. people get very very angry very very quickly on social media and it often will just Go completely out of control and you almost forget how uh, the incident started in the first place. So
0: let's say this, uh, hypothetically speaking, let's say you send me a message, privately, uh, and I think well that's quite provocative, I take a screenshot of this thing, post it on social media and I'll say, hey can you believe what Verley said? All of a sudden your message is now published uh would you still be brought to account for that yes uh,
3: unfortunately you are and the there's there's a couple of issues there so some people will think that if you've sent a private message that the other person who's part of that um that communication can't share that and they can they they can give consent to share that communication even if you haven't shared, said that it's okay so they they may have essentially breached your privacy uh, by by posting that but the, the problem is the horse is bolted. By the time they've actually published it, you're in trouble. So you can say whatever you like to the person that published it. The fact is that your horrible thoughts are out um, in public for everyone to see. And that's what happened to Adam Katzevelos, for example, mm. last year when he decided to post that revolting video to his WhatsApp group and that was shared. And obviously that has enormous repercussions, not only for him personally, for his family, his business. And there were a couple of employees that actually were retrenched because because his business went into an absolute nosedive after that incident.
0: One of the founders uh, of Twitter uh, has been on record this week by saying, "Well, there's a bit of regret because it wasn't designed to be so divisive uh, yes. and uh, to create as many problems as the Twitter sphere tends to create."
3: Yes, and, and it's very very difficult to get nuance and to get any kind of subtlety and to get uh, tone across in 140 characters. And and people also change a lot when you yeah. when you first start tweeting. Uh, maybe that started in 2008, for example you're gonna be a very different person from the person tweeting in 2019 and if you haven't gone through and curated your account very very carefully then those horrible tweets that you thought were so funny in 2008 may come back to haunt you
0: so those who are active on social media any advice that you may have because sometimes in the heat of the moment you'll post something you'll say something and although it's no excuse you haven't given it much thought and then all of a sudden um, immediate regret some people go and delete it because they may realize Uh, what they've done but you've never really deleted it right once Mm -hmm. it's posted it's there
3: yes definitely and another problem is that often people will screen grab it so you may have deleted it Mm -hmm. and you may think it's gone away but often what will happen is a person will screen grab it and then they post it and then it goes viral in that in that way um i (laughs) I just think that it's so, so. from what I've seen, mm. it's so dangerous to be posting on social media. And it's, and it's quite sad because it could be used in such a good way. Um, I think obviously, you know, you share information, you share ideas. It could be that you get somebody to think in a different way than they would mm. have before. But people sometimes can be very, very silly. Um, and they can think that their opinion is a lot more important than it actually is. Uh, And so they will say things without thinking, as you said. I I always advise that if you're going to say something provocative, if you're really, really, really angry about something, just write it. Mm. That's fine. Leave it in draft. (laughs) Leave it in draft. (laughs)
0: Well, listen, that's good advice, but uh, I don't think many people will follow that. No, they don't. They <laughs> and that, absolutely don't. And that's the problem. <laughs> My studio guest tonight, uh, attorney Verli Oersthaisen. She's here from Shepston and Wiley. We're focusing on social media. Uh, we're looking at uh, areas of defamation. If you need any free expert legal advice tonight's the night, is here uh, from Shepston and Wiley. You can pick up the phone. Maya is taking care of the, uh, the phones tonight in studio 089-310-8789. That's our studio number, 089-310-8789. You call us. We take down your details and then Maya will call you back uh, in about uh, 7 or 8 minutes' time. You can also send me any questions you uh, may have uh, on social media uh, regarding uh, hate speech, social media issues. Uh, use our WhatsApp line in studio. Uh, sadly, no video calls that uh, we can accommodate tonight, but please send us your message and we'll take a selection of questions tonight. 71 613 So uh, how important is it for companies to have... A social media policy uh, in place and uh, obviously then circulated so that all employees are aware.
3: I would say that's one of the most important things that companies need to look at now the way that I got into social media law was actually through the employment law sphere because that was my first area of specialization right. and I have always been trained um, as somebody who represents employers a lot to know that employees have a duty of good faith to their employers
0: employees have a duty, duty of, of, good... of good faith okay. to their employers so what does that mean?
3: What that means is that you shouldn't denigrate your employer uh, you shouldn't be saying things about the person that's essentially paying your salary so if you are going to to say things that are going to bring the reputation of the employer into disrepute that is something that they are entitled in terms of just common law and um, common law principles they're entitled to
0: take disciplinary action against you so then verley what happens if you say something you post something on social media that has nothing to do with your job nothing to do with the employer but it could still be construed as either being provocative or violating some of the laws could you still be held uh, to account and yes. lose your job?
3: Well, this is becoming a very, very controversial area. Um, and this is actually, as I said, it's a reason why I got into social media law because I saw these things happening and I wondered how employment employers were going to deal with it. Right. So it used to be that once you walked out of your employer's premises, say on a Friday afternoon, you were done. Um, and, and you could go and you could talk about things and, and it didn't have any effect on your employer's business if you were talking to someone at a and you said something controversial. Unfortunately, now what will happen is that you will post something on social media, it's controversial. And usually, your name, your profile, where you'll, you work, your pick, you'll pick right. where you work, who your fam- family and friends are, it will all be on social media too. And so, a person who is aggrieved by what you have said, for whatever reason it is, will phone the employer and say, How is it that you can allow somebody like this? to be your employee. And this has happened in many, many instances. I've got quite a few cases going on where employees have been disciplined to the point of being dismissed, or even just having a a final written warning of something of that nature, because the public don't like it when these controversial statements are made. And they don't have any problem with phoning the employer and saying, get rid of this person. So there is, what the test is when you are doing employment law is, is there a nexus so is there a connection between the behavior or the misconduct, right. um, even if it's outside of the workplace, and the employer's reputation, essentially? So if it has a link and it has an effect on the employer's reputation, then they can take disciplinary action against
0: you. And the fact that you work there, uh, is that a good enough reason for the employer to say, listen, by association, I am implicated in what you are posted?
3: Well, the problem is, is that people are phoning in in a lot of instances, or people are writing in. That nexus has been established. The public is looking at the employer in a particular way because of what the employee has done. So that is how the nexus is established. Now, I'm not saying that in every single instance, the employer must roll over and listen to what the public says. Mm. Because unfortunately, as I said, we live in an outrage culture and people like to phone and complain about everything. Uh, but there might be instances where the employer should say, okay, well, we're looking into it and it's fine. We, you know, we're right. dealing with it. And, and they shouldn't fire the person. But there are instances where it is appropriate, where a person has said something so outrageous, um, racist, or discriminatory or sexist that it actually does place the employer's reputation mm-hmm. into serious um, into serious disrepute and and can cause phenomenal damage. So and could, then they would be entitled to to discipline.
0: So Verly, that could be then uh, considered by the employer as being misconduct.
3: Yes, definitely. Uh,
0: and even in the absence of an employer having a social media policy, they still have to act.
3: Yes, yes, they still have to act. We do. We've had quite a few. We've had quite a few instances of that where we just argue in terms of um, the employer has a com- well, the employee has this duty of good faith towards the employer Uh, it's a lot easier if you've got a policy though Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier because then you can if you do decide to uh, discipline an employee you just hold up the policy and you say well they've signed the policy we've trained on the policy they know about the policy Um, it's just a lot easier to establish it and then you don't have questions of i didn't know that i wasn't allowed to do that
0: do you find, uh, in your experience, lots of companies uh, now have social media policies? Yes,
3: definitely. It's something that we're looking into more and more. It's something that schools look into more and more, right. universities. Uh, it's, it's particularly important also in in organizations where you don't have um that employment relationship because you may not have as much control over the person so for an example um you know if at at a school or something like that if if parents are are complaining uh, how do you deal with that how does a yeah. school deal with that
0: so you mentioned training hmm. uh, so does the employer have an obligation to train their employees or is it uh, taken de facto that well employees need to be you know, knowledgeable about the fact that there's I, social media?
3: No, I think, that, I think that it depends on the circumstances. And that's one of the um, attorney's favorite phrases in life is that it depends on the facts of the case. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, it will depend very, very much on the type of organization that you're running, the type of social media engagement you expect from your employees, the type and the level and the education level of the employees. But if you are going to have policies and procedures in place, you have to make sure that your employees know what they are uh, mm. if they have never seen them before then how can you expect them to follow them uh, At by the same token the first thing that an employee will always say to me when I'm um, dealing with something in the CCMA is I didn't see the policy and then you say well you signed at the bottom so if you didn't read it then I'm sorry, my friend, um, it still applies to you.
0: So, you know, they often say ignorance of the law is no excuse. Yes, that's
3: so exactly right. So ignorance of policies, also no excuse? Uh, it, it As I said, it depends on the facts of the case. If right. there is ignorance of the policies because it's never been brought to your attention, hmm. then, then it is an excuse. Uh, but then you're going to fall back on those other kind of common, more common law principles, as I've said, where it's, it's logical, or um, it's common sense, for an employee to know that they can't badmouth their employer on social media. I would think that that would be relatively um, simple for somebody to understand. Uh, however, if it's going to be, if it's a complicated case, and you're going to be relying on a complicated policy, mm-hmm. and nobody's ever seen it, it's going to be difficult for for your attorney to to prove that that would be appropriate.
0: And you know, just looking at uh, you and your colleagues, um, are you? kept very busy on issues of social media yes incredibly busy so there's <laughs> incredibly a lot, busy a, yes. a, a lot more infringements taking place
3: oh definitely and um and a, a, there is a lot more awareness too um so employers mm. are, are wise to it now unfortunately also that what happens is that when um they say is a problematic employee that hasn't really done anything that bad yeah. at work um but is is annoying um, it's quite easy to just go onto the social media account, and, and often you can find something. And I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of that, but it does happen.
0: So what happens? Let's say Maya posts something, mm. um, and um, I just go and share it. Mm. Uh, although it's her post, mm. um, am I also then implicated? in it? Yes, you are. Well, it depends on how you how you shared it. Um, so if you sh-
3: and and this is an interesting thing because you mm. become part of that chain of publication if you share it. Right. So. When you do that, the defamation or the, um, say, say, for example, she had written a defamatory post about somebody else right. and you shared it. Uh, you are part of the chain of publication. You have opened the scope because you may have more followers than Maya has. Um, so suddenly it's going to more people. And so then you may also be liable for defamation. What I always say is that when you would say, for example, the admin of a group, or something of that nature, be very careful about sharing content because you might be held liable for defamation when that was never, ever your intention. You need to try and distance yourself from a defamatory content from a defamatory remark um, it, if you don't want to be held liable for that remark.
0: All right, excellent advice tonight. I'm certainly learning a few things. I hope you are too. Mm-hmm. Verli Ustazen from Shepston and Wiley Attorneys, uh, my studio guest on Thursday talk here on Lotus FM. And uh, we're looking at uh, social media in particular. Uh, we'll be touching on uh, defamation and hate speech as well. Uh, we've got uh, a few calls to go through on zero eight nine three ten eight seven eight nine. I think we're off to Verilum first. Uh, Vanessa's holding on. Evening, Vanessa.
4: Good evening, Ellen, How are
0: you? Well, thanks, Vanessa. Just before I get you on the radio, can you turn off your uh, volume in the background, please, Vanessa? Yes, I
4: just parked the car Love
0: now. It. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, Vanessa, if you are talking matters legal, I, uh, I have to say this. Don't mention anyone's name or any of the company names. We don't want to get into trouble, and we don't want you to get into trouble, okay? No. no so be no. general. Lovely. So what's uh, what's your comment and question tonight, Vanessa? Okay,
4: I'm I'm very happy that you, uh, you've come up with this uh, this show today, because this is the kind of answer that I'm, I'm really looking for. Okay. My uh, husband is a legal taxi operator, right? right. I'm not going to tell you where he operates, okay. but, but the place where he is, there's uh, people with, uh, you know, the app that you go onto right. that also come there. Okay. But now he's legal. He's got a contract with uh, 10 other people from his CC to pick up. Now right. jobs are being stolen. Now, yesterday, for example, there was an incident where uh, he had quoted on a job, the outside party came, chopped the price, and they were basically, I'd say, pushing each other, uh, the person with the app and the legal person pushing each other Mm. to get the customer. So somebody had filmed that, I uh, recorded that on the phone, I know it's going to go onto YouTube. Last week, someone from there, one of the illegal operators, put something up on YouTube. What do we do there now? How do
0: we sort that matter out? All right, very a uh, complicated one. I don't know if you can help Vanessa in a couple of minutes. Uh, so Vanessa, are you talking about how do you stop it from going onto YouTube? Uh, well, oh. it's
4: already on. The, yes, that's number 1. Right. Do they have the right to do that? Okay. Um
0: And I'm taking, to, you know, I'm taking it for granted they didn't ask for any permission before they uh, published no, the video, they right?
4: Instigate, no, and they also instigate uh, uh, some kind of, uh, you know, problem so that Mm. uh, the legal operators get involved, you know, just for them to make a recording, and then they put it up. I've also already seen it on on other um, websites. uh, Time Watch groups and stuff. You know, showing the behavior and, and what's going
3: on. So, so it's gone on to thinking, WhatsApp and social yes, media groups. Okay, yes. so stay
0: on the line, Vanessa. Let's uh, get Verly's take on this. She's the, the legal expert, Verly, Is it a easy okay. one for you to help us out? Yeah, uh, It
3: is. Well, it's not easy, but um, it's something that I'm dealing with more and more. Okay. Um, it. A lot of people like to put videos on social media in these kind of instances. Um, and for example, and I, and I don't really understand it, uh, instead of sending it to the police, if there's a, a commission of a crime, they will just put it on Facebook. Um, and my answer is usually, well, if there's, if there's a crime occurring, r- rather go to the police and, and give them the video. Um, if there's a video about you and you are under the age of 18. It's quite easy to get it taken taken down, just right. simply by complaining to the social media platform itself. Um, mm-hmm. If if it's um, if you are over the age of 18, and it's not incredibly controversial, I mean, really, really bad. They usually won't take it down themselves. Uh, the social media platform won't take do- take it down themselves. And unfortunately, what that means is that you have to decide whether you want to take legal action. And something that I tell my clients often is that, It's not a quick fix a legal solution is a very expensive drawn-out painful frustrating solution Uh, it can be a very very effective in the end but it it does cost a lot of money and and so unfortunately
0: you usually just have to weather the storm so will our law and policy be applicable to YouTube yes it,
3: it It will be in that you will be able to sue a person for defamation of character, for example, or for an invasion of privacy, um, if they have used a social media platform as a medium to put it up.
0: But if Vanessa and her husband email YouTube and say, well, you know, this has been published without our permission, remove it. um,
3: If they decide they don't want to remove it... uh, it's very unlikely that you're going to go to San Francisco or yeah. to wherever to, to uh, fight a legal mm-hmm. battle with them.
0: So it looks like the legal route is, is one that you would have to consider if you really want this thing taken off.
3: And sometimes what will happen is, um, which can be quite effective and and is is fairly inexpensive in comparison to a drawn-out legal battle, is to just get an attorney to write a letter, a scary letter, and sometimes that that can be very, very effective. Do attorneys write scary letters? They sometimes do.
0: (laughs) Every now and then. (laughs) Okay, that's good. Anything else, Vanessa? No, that's it. Thank you so much. Good luck to you guys. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that's uh, Vanessa in Varalim. Let's head down the south coast. Uh, Port Chapston. evening, Vincent. Hi, Alan. Thank you very much. Good topic. Thank you so much for listening. How can we help tonight, Vince? Can
1: I speak to Veli of please? Yeah, Veli is here. Go ahead. Yeah, i Hi. Okay. Right. Nice to have you on the show. Huh?
3: Thank you so much. <laughs> uh,
1: due to reasons, okay, let's say disagreement or some bad feelings between two individuals eventually leads to a person that uh, but uh, we say malicious gossiping. Mm-hmm. Now you hear it from several people and it becomes, eventually it spreads like a wildfire. Allegation, accusation. Yes. Now to stop that, you say you get individuals who bring this to your attention some of the problems, allegations, accusation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why well, would you say, uh, should one maybe get an attorney letter, write to the individual, to go to these individuals, uh, the one that one starts gossiping,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to take apology. Mm-hmm. Or should one take one to, to
3: the court? What would you say? Any advice? Well, yes, I do have advice on that. If, they are, if, that's, if it's quite persistent um, mm. and it's persistent. harassing, yeah. mm. a, a very, very effective and very uh, cheap way of dealing with mm. this is to go and get a, a protection from harassment order from the magistrate's court. Now, it is it's very, very um, quick and effective. You do not need to have an attorney assist you. And the reason why I didn't recommend this in the last caller's um, question is because that was a one-off incident. If there is persistent harassment, then you are entitled to get this per- protection from harassment order. Sorry,
1: can I interrupt you? Sorry. Sure. Uh, not actually harassment. It's allegations and quite serious matters malicious mm. uh, gossip
3: exactly no but but that yeah. is actually going to be regarded as that. harassment okay, right. okay, um, okay, in yes. terms of the in terms of the law so oh, okay. then you can yeah. go to the um, to the magistrate's court and uh, you set out exactly what's happened and then you can get an interim protection order and that person will be stopped from doing that and then if they carry on doing it then there could be a mm-hmm. final order against them another oh. option obviously is also to go to the police and um lay a charge of criminal injury. okay
2: thank
1: you so much you. really appreciate keep up your good work
3: eh? <laughs> thank you so much <laughs>
0: all right thanks bye so bye. much vincent uh, thank you okay bye-bye have a nice evening bye. that's bye. vincent in port Chapson. Uh, off to to now. tank now centurion evening louis
2: good evening alan and good evening to your thank i think you. first first of all i think ships in Wally is our family attending for over 50 years.
0: Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So you're a client, so you have a vested interest in saying nice things here, Louis.
2: Yes. I think, Alan, uh, the difficult question is regarding the comedians and the actors on stage.
0: The comedians yeah. and actors, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. When they insult the Asians, like, uh, how far can we go to, in, to charge them for defamation of character?
0: So if someone says a joke and let's say they're criticizing yeah. a group or ethnicity... Uh, and people get offended, can they be charged? I mean, it's an interesting question. When is uh, artistic merit and artistic license too much, Verly?
3: Well, that is a very interesting question, and it is something that's coming up more and more. Um, And we've had a couple of instances where it wasn't comedians, but um, where there was the spear painting. Um, right. That offended people in a huge way, yeah. um, and then there was that another movie last year,
0: yeah.
3: um, where they tried to interdict that um, from being shown at all. They
0: tried to prohibit, ban the movie. Yes, right? ban the yeah. movie
3: exactly. Um, and so th- this kind of a question will fall under will fall under that kind mm-hmm. of entertainment law. Um, it's it's going to be quite difficult though if you are going to a comedy show and you are listening to a comedian, you have, there's going to be an expectation that you would know that they are going to do material that might be seen as provocative um, and might be offensive because that is something that stand-up comedians have been doing since the beginning of time. Uh, It might be different in other scenarios for example there's a lot of instances on radio stations where you have shock jocks or provocateur jocks that are saying things and they're putting on accents and they're offending people left right and center and then you go to the ombudsman I think we were talking about that earlier um and when we were talking about the broadcasting complaints commission Mm. that's also very very effective uh you make a complaint and then the broadcasting complaints commission will deal with it and they will decide to find the broadcaster or um you know and then they have to deal with with the person concerned
0: to your knowledge there's any case law in south africa where someone has been offended by what a comedian, for example, may have said on stage?
3: I think there has been. I think there's actually, there was one with Chester missing
0: um,
3: and Steve Hoffman. There there are quite a few instances. Uh, You could probably go as a group to the South African Human Rights Commission. Uh, and say that you are offended or you feel that you've been discriminated against. I just think that it is quite difficult when it comes to comedians, obviously because of the very nature of what they do. Mm -hmm. And that's why when there was a hate speech bill uh, recently before Parliament, there was a huge outcry about it because it basically said that comedians, the crux of it was that comedians would have been able to be found guilty of a crime if they for example had a a comedic uh, show about a politician. So uh, I think in certain instances there's going to be a greater deal of latitude uh, than in other instances.
0: All right does that uh,
2: help you out Louisa? Yes yeah just another one. Mm. I think you know if you're living in America and you want to get rich soon I think if you sue one another that's the life thing in America Mm. Another, that's the life thing in America. Mm. Always they're suing one another, and that's how they get rich. The love of and litigation, first, yeah. yes, yeah. And then the third one is you know, you do such thing and then you say sorry.
3: Now, when can you actually say it's too late? Well, you don't have to accept ever accept an apology, really. Um, a court can order it if you don't accept it, you don't accept it. Uh, Really, um, you've got to go to court, and you've got to, if you want to have money rather than an apology, at the end of the day, a judge is going to decide what they think is more appropriate in a particular
0: instance. All right, Louis, thanks for calling tonight. Have a okay, good evening. Thanks, All right, bye bye. Like. You too. Keep well uh, bye. That's Louis in Centurion. next week here on Walk the Talk on Medical Monday, we unpack the benefits of BioFlex. Laser therapy, neurologist Dr. Ashley Banjan in studio. Tuesday showcase, uh, we profile the power of sport with Peace Players South Africa. It's going to be incredible. Got some guests on the DRC coming through as well. So uh, we look forward to that on Tuesday. Next Wednesday, the Quad Para Association are here. We discuss the latest work readiness program. Uh, so we are constantly, continuously promoting a workplace that is going to be a happy environment, a safe environment for south africans uh, who are with special needs and next week we're talking about the quad Para association and a week from tonight thursday talk mike Kazma connections are here buddy governor and Ishan blunted for the next 14 minutes uh verley our attorney from shepston and wiley helping us out with social media defamation and hate speech let's take i think our final call for the night uh, off to val uh, mrs governor good evening my dear how are you tonight
4: very well, and a very belated birthday to you and your son's birthday oh, and thank you. Uh, season's greetings. And I must tell you, Alan, uh, knowledge and information may be a little bit late if it had come much, much earlier, but nevertheless, congratulations for bringing the most appropriate topic to our guests. Congratulations for giving us this information. Alan, mm. the thing is, From listening and observation, it is so sad when you hear elderly people talking about what's being sent on their SMS and messages on their phone. They don't know how to react and how to take action. Now, this is what we have seen, this person I showed us, a family member has insulted at such a degree that she is now totally cut off from family members. She's so afraid to associate. How can, that is number one, taking the matter. up. Then we have where societal communal halls are used for society's purpose. And then in this organization, you nominate a chairperson, secretary, and so forth. What right has a chairperson of the organization to insult an in, individual in that organization publicly? couldn't he, ha- he or she take the person aside and discuss the matter with respect, being adults, and made that person feel comfortable and feel safe to be in, in an organization. So there's Some defamation you,
0: here. You're talking about defamation, right?
4: Yeah, it's, it's not only defamation, but talking very, very rudely, disrespectfully, and practically ordering the person off the premises. It's not the person's premises. He doesn't own it. It's a public domain. So what's the that question, is, Mrs.
0: Governor? What yeah, do you I want, want Verly to, to know, give you advice I on? I
4: want to know, yeah. I want to know mm. how can these matters be brought forward and made known to people that you don't have used, elderly people in yeah. public, how can this matter be handled? And for the messages on the phone, can they take it any further to rectify and put this person's yeah. mind at peace and at rest? All
0: right, we'll ask Verley that. Not
4: let's... about being right, sure. but being happy and peaceful at the end of
0: the day. Thank you, Mrs. Governor. In fact, we shouldn't be abusing anybody, whether they are senior citizens or kids, right? So let's put that out there first. But any advice for Mrs. Governor, Verli?
3: Look, unfortunately... Um, <laughs> I'm a legal expert and legal experts are very, very expensive um, when it comes to actually going through the action of defamation. So just from a practical perspective, I'll say that you don't want to get to the point where you are suing people for defamation in this kind of an instance. Mm. Uh, It is possible to do so. However, I wouldn't think that it would be the wise thing to do because I don't think that you want to have some situation like this hanging over your head for the for the next two years or next three years. And that's probably how long it will take before it gets to, to court. Uh, but what is also important for people to realize is that if somebody does decide to sue you for defamation or does decide to lay a charge of criminal injury against you or does decide to go and get a harassment order – you have to defend yourself, which means that you are going to have to incur legal costs. Mm. And so you don't want to be in that position. You want to behave in a manner that is not going to uh, place you in danger of dealing with legal issues for the
0: next couple of years. All right. thanks for the advice. Thanks, Mrs. Governor, for calling in tonight. Uh, I did say last call, but uh, Maya tells me we have uh, Ali Jacobs from Johannesburg, uh, who's uh, on the line. So, Ali, uh, good evening. Welcome to Lotus FM. Hello, uh,
2: all of this for the new year, sir and madam. I'd like to know what is the position with uh, regard to reckless posts on uh, consumer forums such as Hello Peter. Um, Can consumers just uh, post any uh, Mm. comment whatsoever? Uh, It can be for fellow uh, reckless uh, business rival on Hello Peter and nothing happens. Um, What is the legal standing of Hello Peter and for how long are the reckless posts
0: valid? Good question, Arli. Thanks for calling in tonight. So uh, on these consumer uh, feedback forums... Someone could go on and may have a hidden agenda, Ali. Uh, And uh, as uh, Ali's mentioning, uh, Vali, tonight, what is the advice for and he's mentioned Hello Peter, so we can mention the website.
3: Yes, look, Hello Peter, the the problem with Hello Peter for businesses is that you actually have to pay Hello Peter in order to be able to respond. So you can have a whole lot of people complaining to you, um, and le- and unless you're paying the website as a business, right. um, you're not going to be able to respond to them at all. Uh, they these These kind of consumer websites are going to be popping up all the time. And as I've said before, it is very expensive to do any kind of legal action. I don't want to say that people must never do it because there's going to be lots of instances where it will be appropriate. But uh, a better option is obviously to look at service delivery of of the business itself. You also have to realize that people now, as I said before, there's this outrage culture, and people are spending a lot of time complaining about things on social media. And sometimes it's just better to weather the storm and realize that people get very bored very quickly. And what has happened in the one week, if it's not particularly serious, is going to be mm. forgotten by the next week.
0: But a questionable post, which is uh, unfairly malicious, mm. will live on that website. And, you know, a future customer, yes. staff member, or friend, or family member could go and and see that and say, well, you know, how could Verley's company do that?
3: Yes, and that's and that is a big problem, especially if you've got absolutely no control mm. over that particular website. On Facebook, for example, if you've got a Facebook page, then um, you you can curate it. So if people are complaining terribly on your on your Facebook page, you can take those complaints down. But obviously, if they are complaining on other people's uh, pages, it becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, then you start dealing with things like reputation management, which is yeah. where you try to get as much content up, which is good and um, and push down the bad content
0: all right seven minutes away from uh, eight o'clock our remaining few minutes uh, with our attorney in studio tonight Verly uh, verley from shepston and wiley thanks for the calls uh, apologies we haven't been able to get onto whatsapp tonight just running out of time Verly. Uh, and i wanted to spend the next couple of minutes before we say good night to you to talk on defamation and hate mm. speech since we moved down this road mm. uh, what is the legal and very simple definition of what constitutes defamation
3: Defamation is when somebody says something so they or they publish something that uh, brings down the esteem of an individual in the eyes of other people.
0: Is it an intentional publication or what if someone says something unintentional which has been perceived as being defamatory?
3: You don't even have to go into that Intention or negligence um, Usually unless you're Dealing with the media right. um, So the thing the, What what needs to be done is you just got to Show that something defamatory has been Said about you and that it's been published And then the person who has said it or Published it has got to come up with Some kind of a defense So they've got to be able to say well it's true And in the public interest or um, It's fair fair opinion There's a couple of uh, legal Uh, defences that are available
0: is freedom of expression a fair and legal defense
3: no in in defamation of character um uh instances it's it's not usually a defense that that you look at There's very specific defenses as i said for example one is um truth and for the public benefit so something can be true but if nobody needs to know about it Mm. because it's just salacious gossip It's not for the public benefit. And so it's not fair for somebody to go around and talk about it.
0: Now, we've got these uh, WhatsApp groups going around. And uh, one of the callers mentioned, you know, things being said on WhatsApp groups. You've got fake news sites. um, People, for whatever reason, coming up with all these uh, fake news stories uh, get circulated. Uh, If you pass on something that's defamatory to another person, does that implicate you? Yes, it does. It it does, because you're part of
3: the chain of publication. Um, As I said earlier, each time something gets passed on to another person and then gets passed on to another person, that chain of publication persists, Mm -hmm. uh, and then it gets out to more and more people. So at each leg of the publication, the person who has been aggrieved has got somebody to go and say, this
0: is your fault. I know. I think last year there was a uh, legal precedent after a uh, court granted a Facebook user an interdict preventing a friend from posting about his personal life on the platform after she had defamed him in her Facebook post.
3: Yes, yes, that does happen. Um, and interdicts are interesting because you can go on an urgent basis. If you can perceive that there's going to be very, very bad harm or irreparable harm, as they say in legal jargon, you can go to the court and you can ask them to come to your rescue. But you've, there's very strict parameters within which that operates.
0: Should we be teaching our kids about this in our basic education system, about social media, about defamation? Should they have some idea? Because so many youngsters are living online. The digital world, you know, is part of their everyday makeup and um, mistakes can happen and it will come back at some point. Uh, to, to bite them, right?
3: Absolutely. Um, that's something that I deal with often at schools. I talk about their digital tattoo. Uh, it's mm. something that doesn't go away. I like that. Digital yes, tattoo. Yes, digital like tattoo. Um, it, once they've posted it online, it's there forever. Even if it's been erased, uh, it's sitting in the cloud. And they're actually saying, interestingly enough, that um, in America, you know, some, some families are very, very ambitious for their children and they want them to be the president one day. Mm. They are curated their uh, social media from a very, very early age and making sure that there are no dodgy videos and no dodgy pictures being put up. I think that children don't actually understand the power of the medium of social media.
0: So if a 14 or 15-year-old posts something which incites violence, uh, Mm. constitutes hate speech or defamatory, um, will the law act against them or against their parents or legal guardians?
3: No, it's going to act against the child. Um, they, wow. they have got the, they've got the responsibility. What will happen is that the, the adult is going to have to be there re- representing in some capacity as the parent. Right. However, the responsibility is on the child. Obviously, if they're going to have to pay a fine, their parents are probably going to have to pay it because they don't have any money. But if it's criminal, for example, the child will be the one who goes to jail.
0: What would be some of the penalties apart from jail? Uh, financial well, fines? Well, usually
3: there could be fines. There might be diversion programs. Often there will be a diversion program right. because they don't want children to go into juvenile yes, detent- yeah, detention. Sure. But the, that is something that I deal with a lot at schools is, is telling them the consequences of social media misuse. Things like sexts, um, things like cyberbullying. These things will come back to mm. haunt them without a doubt.
0: 25 years into democracy this year for South Africa and uh, we are still seeing issues of hate speech. Definitely. And what's even worse, it's been published and publicized all over social media. Um, what's the legal definition of hate speech?
3: Well, there is a hate speech definition in the Constitution uh, and that says that it's, um, it's basically where you are trying to incite imminent violence um, and you are discriminating against a particular group. So there has to be a couple of elements that are in place for that to happen. It's a much wider definition in terms of the prevention or um, of a, the prevention of discrimination and promotion of equality act. I think it's something of that. It's papuda. Mm. We call it papuda, and it's a much wider definition of hate speech. Uh, but hate speech is not protected by the constitution. People cannot say that it's their freedom of expression. Uh, and when, when people are trying to incite war or, or anything of that nature, it will not be protected constitutionally. But essentially, uh, if there's any kind of discriminatory speech that is shown online, if uh, somebody's aggrieved by it, they can go, for example, to the South African Human Rights Commission, to the Equality Court. There's quite a few uh, ways of dealing with it.
0: So what's your number one piece of advice uh, in terms of social media, defamation, hate speech? I know it's a a huge area, right? Uh, Should it be a case of, uh, you know, as they say in rugby, touch, pause and engage? Should we say type, pause and erase? I think that's excellent advice, Ellen. I don't think I could say it better myself.
3: Um, It really comes down to that think before you post.
0: Yeah. I like that. Uh, The news guy who's uh, up next, Russian. he's a prolific uh, social media. Uh, He comes up with some really great things. uh, And uh, he hasn't been in trouble. Uh, That's because I think he does think before he posts. (laughs) Um, even though he says nasty things about some football teams, but you know, but that's not defamatory yet. Mm-hmm. Verly, lovely to have you in studio tonight. Thank you so much for making the time to pop in. It's such a pleasure. It was so great to be here. Thank you. And hopefully we can invite you to join us at some stage in the future. Definitely anytime. Lovely. We've got that mm-hmm. on record now, so we can't <laughs> let us down. If you want to reach out to Verly Oerstesen, you can find her at Shepston and Wiley Attorneys. Uh, you can reach them on Durban 031. 575-7206. That's uh, 031-575-7206. And it was Verli Ustesen from Shepsun and Wali. That's my lot tonight. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in and supporting the show. My apologies to those who may have sent questions on WhatsApp. My thanks to those who called in. Uh, always appreciative to Maya Jivan Kalicharan who produced tonight's show. Uh, it was a wonderful week. I just noticed we had only... Female guests this week, uh, only the woman uh, in charge. Uh, so thanks to all of my guests who made the effort to join us. Uh, you have a wonderful Thursday night, a safe, blessed and a very happy weekend. Uh, whatever you're doing, keep it close to Lotus FM. I'll be back again, God willing, Monday night on Medical Monday, 7 to 8 only on Lotus FM. Lloyd Paul, next all over your radio. It's a minute after 8. Seration has your final news bulletin of the night. Remember, the beauty about life is that you and I have the ability to help others. So please be good and do good.